so much. It's so lovely to hear just the, the song and the praise. and It's just fantastic to, to actually hear it in person as well. So I'm really, really grateful. Um, we're going to do something a little bit different right now. Um, so usually we'd have an interview and uh, the service leader would interview the uh, person on the screen, but today we're going to mix things up a little bit and Jai's actually going to interview me. So uh, we thought that might be something just a little bit different, a little bit fun. So um, I'm going to get grilled. <laughs> hey, man, how are you going? Very well, thanks. How are you? Good, good. Uh, look, um, thanks for being here. Yeah, no worries. It's good. Uh, you I love just... your garage. Well, it's all good here. So back that end is <laughs> a bit sketchy. Uh, mate, we were just uh, chatting before we started. Uh, you're saying that, uh, that you haven't gotten out much. Um, no. So before we get into that, who's actually at home during the day at the moment? At the moment, so we have um, we have Tina, my wife. We have Scarlett. Uh, we have Ivy. We have Allegra, and on uh, some of the days as well, we have Theodora, and we also have uh, Coco the cat and Charlie the dog. That's that's a lot of people in a house. That is a lot of people in a house. I, I have to ask this question: uh, How many bathrooms do you have? Thankfully, we've got two and a tree. I'm not going to go there on that one. Um, <laughs> I ask that because there's a lot of women in the house. Uh, how, how's everybody going? How's everyone is people like pulling each other's hair out, or is everyone kind of just? Gee, that's a uh, that's an interesting question on how I can respond to that one. Um, look, generally the kids are actually really good. The problem for them is that it's just like everyone else. They're in a house. Um, we have a park just across the road, which is basically peak hour traffic. You know from dawn to dusk uh, people seem to be doing more exercise today than i think they've ever done in their lives which is great for them just not so good for us when we want to use our park um i think that the challenge really is is that they miss their friends and um as much as uh, tina and i love to interact with them uh, we've played that many board games that many card games and we've watched that many movies that sometimes we just want the kids to go and be kids really <laughs> and it's really hard to get them to do that um because we just don't have anywhere to take them. Uh, and believe it or not, I think they're actually missing school. So th this is a good thing, I think. Oh, I agree. Our kids are starting to miss school. I think it's more of the friendship they're missing, hanging out with their friends, which is awesome. Um, now, not only have you got lots going on in terms of people at home, but you also started a new job in the midst of being isolated. How's that going? Yeah, this is probably one of the craziest things that I've ever had happen in my life, which probably isn't saying too much. But... Um, look, I met a whole bunch of people um, digitally last week, which was great. So I moved from um, a, one workplace to another. I'm now working for, for Perno, and that's um, that's been great. It's been really exciting. I've been looking forward to it so much. Um, it's just been really interesting meeting people and seeing their houses instead of them in a workplace. Um, so uh, I, I said that one of the, the, the funniest things about starting a new job and the most embarrassing that you've got to ask is when you walk in, you've got to go, so where's the bathroom at the workplace? And I, I was saying to one of the people and they asked me how I'm going, I'm like, well, it's the one question I haven't had to ask, um, which is good. But yeah, so it's, it's different. It's, it's a bit hard as well because obviously the kids, when you're around, they want to come and they want to interact, which is great. Mm. Uh, so we've had a few, few people um, interrupt meetings and not just on my side, but on theirs as well, which has been <laughs> quite good. Uh, generally, most people are very, very understanding. They love saying hello. Um, so the kids obviously get a, a really good idea of the work. Um, the cat's probably my biggest enemy at the moment. She keeps jumping on my keyboard. Um, but, you know, we're working on that one at the moment. <laughs> um, speaking of your cat, uh, I came across this really random question on the internet and I thought, oh, I've got to ask someone. And because you brought up cat, it's kind of come to my mind. Uh, 
if, if I was going to interview your cat or your dog, what is one thing that they would say about you as their owner? Oh, that's a hard one. It's a that's crazy a question, one. really. I reckon my dog would say, I love you about a thousand times in a second um, because he's just that type of a dog. Um, my cat, I think my cat would want to know why I don't do everything for her in the timing and the t- place that she wants it done for. Um, she, she's currently in that little kitten phase at the moment, so we're playing with her. Mm. And I'm pretty sure she goes from cute and cuddly to um, serial killer in the space of a second. Um, and I've got, I don't know if you can see, but my hands are basically all cut up from the cat. So um, we, we have lots of fun playtime. And the cat probably is thinking, why are you playing with my keyboard? Pretty much, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah everything yeah. in the house is the cat's. And yeah. when it wants to use it, it wants to use it. It doesn't get on the keyboard when we're not in the office, only when we are. So It's always the way. Uh, just, I was one, one last question. I think uh, in amongst all this craziness, uh, we can focus on the negatives. What's, what's one good thing? What's a, what's a good news story for you? Uh, over the last week or so, in amongst all the things that have been going on? Um, I think, and it's a bit of a cliche, but I think that that the hard part is having everyone around because I think you're struggling to try and and, and keep people occupied and doing things. But the lovely thing is is that you really do have your family right there for the people who do have, 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 you know, living in a family unit. Um, And I think that's the one thing that I'm most conscious of with my friends um, and my Bible study group is just checking in on those people who are living solitarily or just with a flatmate to just check in on them and make them feel like they're um, part of something. But I I just love having the kids around. Um, As as crazy and hectic as it is, there's also this beauty to it that I really enjoy. Um, and it really it reminds me of um, the family that I am missing, the wider family, the church family, um, because um, we're, we're all messy humans in this together, um, but I miss my messy humans. Um, that's the thing I really miss the most. And I think it's I've begun to get this appreciation of people um, that, yes, it was there, but I'm really feeling it now, and that's something that I'm, I'm grateful for, I think. Awesome. Cool. Thank you. That wasn't too bad. Getting that grilled. Good. <laughs> um, I'm going to hand back to you to, to listen some prayer and Perfect. continue on. Thanks, Thanks so much. Um, so we're just going to start a, a time of prayer. Um, so I just ask that you all bow your heads and we'll get on to it. Father God, you're a marvelous creator and provided us with clever brains so that we can meet in this unusual way. We thank you for the chance to open your word, hear it preached, and ask that the Holy Spirit move in our hearts. We pray, Lord, for all those who are in the healthcare industry. Keep them encouraged, safe, and energized. Help them to care for those suffering from ailments, whether COVID-19 related or otherwise. We pray for our government leaders who are continually faced with new and different challenges. Help them balance this situation as best as we can, and thank you for their decision-making process that has limited COVID-19's impact on the nation. We pray for those who live more solitary lives, We ask that your presence be felt for them and keep them company. We pray for those suffering hardship as a result of the lockdown. Help everyone find the support services and financial avenues the government has offered and wrap your protective arms around them through this time. We pray for our kids who don't necessarily comprehend all this or are suffering from prolonged cabin fever. Help calm them and keep them feeling connected. We pray, Lord, for our church, for Stu, Jai, Karen and Paul, Keep them healthy and safe despite their attempts to care for everyone. Uh, We pray for our volunteer pastors, parish council, 
wardens and other church leaders who are helping keep church moving in this situation and also trying to shock absorb the impact. And finally, we pray for all of us. Meet us where we are. Let our hearts be open to your spirit moving in our lives. Keep us safe and help us return soon to as close to normal life as we can. We pray this to our Father in his Son's name by the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen. We're going to do the most important thing that we do at Soul Revival, which is now read the Bible. We're going to read the Bible now, and uh, we're reading from Daniel 1, starting at verse 1. In the third year of the reign of Jehoiakim, king of Judah, Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, came to Jerusalem and besieged it. And the Lord delivered Jehoiakim, king of Judah, into his hand, along with some of the articles from the temple of God. These he carried off to the temple of his God in Babylonia and put in the treasure house of his God. Then the king ordered Ashpenaz, chief of his court officials, to bring into the king's service some of the Israelites from the royal family and the nobility, young men without any physical defect, handsome, showing aptitude for every kind of learning, well-informed, quick to understand, and qualified to serve in the king's palace. He was to teach them the language and literature of the Babylonians. The king assigned them a daily amount of food and wine from the king's table. They were to be trained for three years, and after that, they were to enter the king's service. Among those who were chosen were some from Judah, Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. The chief official gave them new names. To Daniel, the name Belteshazzar. To Hananiah, Shadrach. To Mishael, Meshach. And to Azariah, Abednego. Thanks, Kathy. You did well with uh, some tricky names there. did a good job. Uh, we are going to be looking at uh, the Daniel. And I thought as we, as we start our time together, I thought I'd share with you a story that I came across this week uh, in preparation. And the story goes like this. It's, it's about a hunter and uh, he goes out into the forest because winter's coming. And he goes out there to, to shoot a bear, really, to, to make a warm coat so that he can stay warm during the winter. Now the story goes that when he saw the bear coming towards him, he raised his gun and he took aim. Wait, said the bear. That's a talking bear, it's a story, but you get it. Wait, said the bear. Why do you want to shoot me? Because I'm cold, said the hunter. But I'm hungry, the bear replied. So maybe we can reach an agreement. In the end, the hunter was enveloped with the bear's fur and the bear had eaten his dinner. So the point of the story is that uh, we always lose out when we try to compromise. Especially when we compromise with sin. In the end, it will consume us. And compromise can be one of those things where it's a slippery slope, where we make one compromise and we make another and another, and before we realise it, we've forgotten what it is that we're compromising. I wonder if there's been a time in your life where you have compromised on something that you wish you hadn't. If it's something that you're willing to share, I'd love to hear what it is in the comments uh, on, this, on this video. But we all make compromises at some point. And the reason why I want to think about compromise today is because what we find in the book of Daniel is, well, especially in the way that the first chapter of Daniel starts off, is that we find that Daniel and his friends are in a situation where compromise would be the easiest and the safest option. It would be much easier to just go with the flow 
But what we find is that how Daniel ends is how Daniel starts. There's that, that, uh, that saying that you're only, uh, you're only as good as how you begin. And so for Daniel, we find that Daniel and his friends take a no-compromise stance right from the beginning. See, the pressure to compromise their faith in God, to compromise who they are as God's people was immense. So they'd been taken out of their homeland, out of Judah. They'd been taken captive by the Babylonians, by King Nebuchadnezzar. All this happened around uh, 605 BC. And Daniel and God's people, his friends, those who are now in exile in Babylon, are having their, their culture stripped, their language stripped. In fact, we heard, as Kath read so well, they're even having their names stripped from them. Their identity is being forcefully taken from them. It's not about compromise at this point. It's just about survival. Surviving to hold on to who they are, to hold on to their identity. Because what King Nebuchadnezzar is doing, it's quite clever really, he's taking all those who could... I guess, make uh, or cause or instigate a rebellion, an uprising against him to lead these exiles in a coup or a, or a rebellion against the king. He takes them and he strips away everything that makes them who they are and turns them in to these Babylonian clones. That is the point. That is the hope. And that's quite clever to crush the rebellion before it could even start. And the easiest way to do that is to remove everything that is unique about them, to remove their identity. Yet Daniel and his friends, we find not just in chapter 1 but throughout Daniel, have a no-compromise stand when it comes to their faith and their obedience to God, no matter what the cost. Even when their lives are on the line, they will take a stand. They will not compromise. They follow the one God. And nothing, no matter how big a threat, whether it's a threat against their lives, they will not compromise their faith in their God. And we actually see that there is actually a bit of a a clue for us on how Daniel does that. And I think as we look at Daniel, it is good to see the example of Daniel and his friends and see what hope, what we can learn as we seek to live lives where we don't compromise our faith in Jesus. We want to stay true. We want to stay obedient to our God. We want to love God with all our heart, soul, mind and strength. We want to love our neighbours as ourselves. We want to stay true to that identity that we have in Christ. And Daniel gives us some, some hope and some help in figuring out what that looks like. So he does that when there is that constant pressure to compromise his loyalty to God. We see that he stands firm, and and so uh, not only Daniel, but so too do his friends. So they are not going to go with the flow, even when the death penalty is the result of them not compromising, which we'll see as we get to chapters 3 and 6. So what Daniel does is he takes a stand on something small, something that seems lesser. The very next verse after Kath finished goes like this Daniel 1 verse 8 says 
after this is after they have been given a portion of food from the king's table Daniel resolves not to defile himself with the royal food and wine and he asks the chief official from permission not to defile himself in this way what we go on to find out is that he actually goes on a vegan diet there's no meat no cheese no wine it's just vegetables and water now why does Daniel choose food of all things to take a stand on yes it, it, at the moment food is the thing that I feel like I'm struggling to take a stand on at all except for the fact that if it's there I'm eating it because I feel like there's nothing else really much to do I just keep I don't know I think I'm going to come out of quarantine uh, quarantine quarantine uh, a little bit more like uh, Thor in the last Avengers movie packing on a few extra weight a bit of weight but why, why food why is food such a, a, a big thing it's not it doesn't seem that big a deal why why this of all things well we find that when Daniel takes a stand on something trivial something little as not eating these this type of food we see that he is preparing himself to stand firm on the bigger issues ones that will result in life or death by actually starting out with the small easier points to take a stand to not compromise on we see it actually builds in him a resilience a steadfastness to stand firm and not compromise on the bigger things on the bigger issues things that we find later on in in, in chapters three and six See, what we find is that Daniel and his friends are able to stand out and obey God later because they resolve to take a stand at the start. Right at the beginning of their time in exile, they make a resolve right at the beginning to not compromise their faith, to keep being obedient to God. And this is the focus of the book of Daniel. It's not about how perfect Daniel is. We can get caught up looking at Daniel and see that he seems to say the right things at the right time, uh, be perfect, know what to do, doesn't sin. Kind of becomes that guy that we all get annoyed at because he's just too good. But that's not the point of the book of Daniel. In fact, Daniel does actually admit that he does sin in his prayer in chapter 9. He confesses his sin. But the book of Daniel is about Daniel and his friends' steadfastness, about their determination not to compromise on who God is. See, Daniel and his friends will actually be an example and an encouragement for those in exile when they feel tempted to compromise on the lesser things and the bigger things and everything in between. They will look to Daniel as the example and the encouragement on how to not compromise, how to stand firm. And we find no better verse, I think, in Daniel. There's lots of great ones, but this one's amazing. When we feel tempted, or when those in exiles felt tempted, but this is helpful for us too. If we feel tempted to compromise, we find in chapter seven, uh, sorry, chapter three, verse seventeen and eighteen, these words. These words are words of unflinching steadfastness, determination to stand firm. Uh, an unwillingness to conform to what is going on around them. For they say, if we are thrown into the blazing furnace, 
the God we serve is able to deliver us from it and he will deliver us from your majesty's hand. But even if he does not, we want you to know, your majesty, that we will not serve your gods or worship the image of gold that you have set. See, they are words that are rock solid. They are words that are unflinching in their desire to not compromise who they are and who they put their faith in. They will trust God to the end to deliver them or if not then to welcome them home into his kingdom that will be for all eternity now this is this resolve this determination to not compromise is throughout all of Daniel it's an amazing encouragement to us because we we may not face the threat of a burning burning blazing furnace or the the dread of a lion's den. But we do face, I guess, risks in our stance to not compromise our faith in Jesus. There are implications for us that still, if we want to hold unfirmly, uh, unwaverly to the truth of Jesus, if we want to hold firm to the fact that his death and resurrection have defeated sin and death once and for all so that we are not we are not slaves to sin we're not slaves to death we are free in jesus we are now citizens of a kingdom that is to come and will last for all eternity that is our identity our citizenship is in heaven if we want to hold firm to that identity to not compromise it we, under, we need to understand that there will be implications. See, we will face rejection from our friends. We will face rejection from our family. Maybe even those we work with and those that we socialise with. They may do away with us. They may not want to continue on to be friends with us. We, we might even just be sidelined in conversations. We might be laughed at. We might become the punchline of jokes. We can be criticised, made fun of, yelled at, and even have people become angry with us. We will face all sorts of pressures to compromise who we are as followers of Jesus, to compromise our faith, to compromise our identity, to even compromise our morals as those who follow Jesus. We will face great pressures to compromise our identity as Christians. How are we going to stand firm? Well, I think if uh, Paul had said these words to Daniel, now they were many, uh, many, many years apart, but if Daniel heard these words of Paul from Romans 12 verse 2, I think that would be an agreeance. Romans 12 verse 2 says, Do not conform to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing and perfect will. I think Daniel would agree with Paul that the renewing of our minds daily is something that we need to do if we are going to be able to stand firm. We are going to be able to be steadfast and not compromise who we are. To be 
daily reflecting on the death and the resurrection of Jesus. That amazing love, that amazing grace poured out for us in Jesus. But also reflecting and focusing on the great cost that our salvation was, was bought at. The cost of the victory that we have over sin and death. That victory that is won by Jesus on the cross. To focus on those things and then to be determined in prayer to ask God through his spirit to help us. To strengthen us so that we can live lives in such ways that reflect this love and this cost. So that we will not compromise. We will not shrink back. That we will be steadfast. And that we will stand firm. There will be many things that we will experience while we're in isolation and then when we come out that will seek to just try and get us to compromise just a little bit. Just, just a little bit. But if we give a little, we find out later at the end that we've given a lot. Daniel is not willing to give a little. He wants to hold unswervingly to the hope that he has in God. His rock, his redeemer, his salvation. Because he knows that if he's going to get through exile, to get through all of the pressures that he will face, all the threats on his life, the only way that he will get through that is not by compromising who he is, not by compromising his identity, but actually standing firm in his identity clinging to his God and not turning his head from the left or to the right not giving an inch we have I think at the moment while we're in isolation a moment to hit the reset button to actually have a, a, a do over start again I don't encourage you to see this time as something like that but not wait till tomorrow. If you, if you are someone who follows Jesus, I want to encourage you to hit that reset button and to, to start over, to resolve today, to cling to Jesus, to not swerve, to, to not compromise on who you are in him, to renew your mind daily, to meditate on his word, to focus on who he is and what he has done for you and to focus on who you are now in him and to be determined in prayer to live in this identity and to not compromise it. But if you are still checking out Jesus, you have a wonderful moment now to start to actually put your hope in Jesus, the one who is unchanging, even when we're in the midst of all the change that we have going on around us. He's the rock that will keep us, uh, will keep, is, is the rock for us to put our feet on as the, the waters of change rage around us. He's the rock that we can cling to. He's the, the rock that will see us through to the end. Just as, God was the rock that Dan the saw Daniel through to the end. 
Daniel was in exile for some 70 odd years and it was God who kept him going that whole time it was not the compromises he made but it was the God that he stood firm in I encourage us to do that I want to pray for us and we're going to sing dear gracious God we thank you for your word and we thank you for the encouragement to not compromise on who we are to cling firm hold firm to our identity in Jesus to trust that you will see us through to the end that you will deliver us one way or another and we pray this in Jesus name Amen Thanks again for listening to the Soul Revival Church podcast. Just a reminder, if you want to watch any of these services that we hold live, you can go to soulrevivalchurch.com and you can see all the gatherings up the top of the page. You can choose anyone you wish. It can be on Friday, Saturday or Sunday. Thanks again and one way. Music is okay by Ixon.